you know, in thinking about our role as subject matter experts, we were really there not for the producers as, or for really KMI or Marie. We were there to work directly with the cast families. And I do believe the producers and the production crew that we were working with, they made that a point. Like we went straight in right to the people. Like we weren't really around, you know, hanging out with the film crew. You know, we weren't really sitting out, you know, and talking with KMI people. We were really just going to the job and concentrating like we were just straight in, you know, working on the categories. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Our guests today are Trisha Fiddler and Jane Grodham two of our KonMari consultant colleagues. Not only are they both gold-level KonMari consultants, but they both work behind the scenes as consultants on Marie Kondo's Netflix series, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Trisha is a consultant behind Haywood Park Collective, working with clients in San Diego and the San Francisco area. And Jane is the founder of Spark Joy Bay Area, focusing her practice in the San Francisco area. Kristen and I met both of them during the first KonMari consultant training year way back in 2016, and we've watched them tidy up their way into thriving businesses. Welcome, Trisha and Jane. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. It's great to be here. We're so excited to have you here on Spark Joy. You're both very well-established, successful Kanmari consultants with many happy clients, and you both received the opportunity of a lifetime being involved as assistants and advisors on the premiere season of Netflix Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. When did you find out that you would have this opportunity? We have to know. And how excited were you? <laughs> That's a great, great question. And it certainly was a thrill. Both Jane and I found out about the opportunity early last year, and uh, we were approached uh, to ask if we were interested to interview for it. So there was a vetting process that included Kanari Media, uh, the KMI management team, uh, Marie and her husband, and as well, the production company and the, the showrunner producers interviewed us as well. I was so excited. Jane, weren't you too? <laughs> oh my gosh, we were both so honored to be able to support this project. It was really a, a dream come true. You're right. I'm thrilled that Netflix was going to be, you know, how this project rolled out because, you know, the streaming uh, capacity of, of Netflix, we knew it was going to go worldwide, which is fabulous. Yeah, I didn't realize that you guys knew so far in advance that this was happening. That's so great. What were your roles exactly on the show? Yeah, it was really interesting because I think our roles um, really followed what we do in our you know individual practices as consultants. So um, I like to think of us as uh, subject matter experts, like SMEs, and uh, sure. we were brought in, yeah, to you know share what we know about the method and you know really act as sort of trainers for the cast families. We were able to help them between their sessions with Marie to get their homework done. Ah, so that's really interesting because we know that that's been a big uh, question about the show and, and what happened when Marie wasn't there. So that's really super interesting to know. Now, did you work with all of the families or some of the families? Which families did you work with the most? 
Uh, so I had an opportunity to work with four of the families. Um, I worked with the Mercier family. Their topic was downsizing. They were the lovely family that moved from Detroit to the Valley area of Los Angeles. Uh, and then I also worked with Margie. Uh-huh. Now she has a new hashtag, Con Margie, because yep. of uh, that part of the segment where she was so cute and put creating her hashtag. And also I worked with uh, Sunita and Aaron Matson. And then there were also the family that had the garage with a lot of the baby clothes in it. Again, in transition, thinking about adding to their family, a common theme, I think. And then I had a little bit of time at the Akiyamas, the Japanese family that Mm -hmm. was working with all those nutcrackers. (laughs) Jane, what about you? Yeah, and I worked with two of the families, the empty nesters in episode two, and also the getting ready for baby couple in episode seven. That is so cool. You also got to spend time with Marie Kondo, the queen of tidy. What was it like to experience Marie Kondo in the context of this tidying up show? So in the context of the show, the way we were, you know, working with Marie was really, again, as a role of coming in to help in between her filming sessions. Really, our interaction with Marie was limited to our reports that we did after each session. Just like we might do if we were working with a client, we make notes in between. Um, We did have to do reports both for the producers and as well for KMI and Marie. And then I think Jane might have had some other experiences uh, with homework. Yeah, it was interesting when I would go to work with people, I would see that their homework lists were handwritten by Marie on their refrigerators, which felt so personal, like, oh my gosh, Marie wrote this and she left that for them. So that was the only experience we had with her personally at all. We were really just a go-between between the production company and her. Was there anything that stood out about her tidying style or experience or even the spirit of just essentially watching her execute a consultation? Yeah, one of the things that was really impactful. And I heard comment of this, you know, when you come in and work with the cast families was uh, her calm spirit and her non-judgmental attitude towards, you know, everything that they would sort of throw her way in terms of quantities or, you know, the mountains of, of clothing. Everybody commented that, you know, they just felt so comfortable, you know, working with her and having her there. And always that positive just spark, you know, that smile and those, that kindness that comes across, you know, with, through her eyes and her demeanor. Yeah, I think that the way she was so non-judgmental around decisions they were making during their joy checks was just lovely and something I hope to emulate when I work with my own clients. I think for me, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about watching the show was that there were so many moments when I could say, oh, wow, that's kind of exactly what I would have said, you Mm -hmm. know, or or that's how I would have thought about that whole situation. So that was really gratifying and you know, just amazing to watch how she interacted with people even though there's the language barrier and there's the cultural differences and all of that stuff, it's just seemed to fade away, you know, when she's actually working with people. Yes. I think when watching the show, a lot of the consultants have noticed that there was just, you know, a lot of necessary editing of the process because, of course, our experience as consultants working with clients is, you know, in some ways different than what I think a lot of people saw on Netflix, on the TV how much filming was done approximately for every family? You know, you always hear that there's hundreds and hundreds of hours done to just get a little bit of actual footage that's used. Is, was that actually your experience also? 
Yeah, Karen, I think this is very typical of a reality sort of documentary style reality TV show and that there was a lot of footage that was taken. There were even, I think you could see it in the Netflix show itself, as they were doing their homework assignments, they had handy cam sort of a for lack of a better word, to share what they were doing in between Marie's visits. So there was that footage as well, and they call that the B-stock, you know, or B-roll. But definitely there were a lot of hours filmed. Yes, I would say it's really typical. And then there's, it's really all about the editing and creating that story through really good editing, putting it together. So you were just mentioning that Marie would give instructions to the clients, and then you would kind of pick up and help them work through their homework. Did Marie give you guys the instructions or did you get the instructions from the clients themselves? Did you get information from the the crew at all? How did they, how did you guys convey information back and forth and how did you like know what to do? Well, when we were finished, the crew would approach us and ask us to work with them on a, a set list of things that were next. So we would meet with the client, start with where they were and move them along to the place they wanted us to get them to. We were definitely under the direction of the crew, but the crew was taking direction from Marie as far as what she needed to have done before her next visit with them. Yeah, and usually it was the the producers, you know, looking at the big picture and then kind of bringing it into creating shot lists that would have to, you know, flow with the KonMari process. It was sort of a blending of movie making and, you know, the production, the story producers wanting to make this interesting for people to watch, as well as bringing in, you know, the tactical aspects of the method. And then the real people, you know, I I think that's the the part that was just really such a a wonderful piece for me and a gift for me is just these cast families, they cast it so well, broad, different populations and people that were really keen to like understand, you know, how this is going to help them in their lives. So it was really a nice blend between the producers, the production company, KMI, and then the cast families. So then having said all that, to what degree do you feel that you worked with the families in the same way that you would have worked with some of your own clients? Yeah, I think um, probably the first thing that stands out in my mind, and actually it helped me uh, become a better consultant, was this accountability and that we were working, you know, on schedule. And it was a schedule that was somewhat discussed and, you know, worked well with the cast families, but it's also a production schedule. So you had timelines to get things done. And we all know like how hard it can be to get through different categories and some take you know a lot longer and each um, family has very different characteristics with each category. So I think in the way that it was similar is that you know, you're following the method and you're trying to put together you know, appropriate timeframes for people to complete things. But then we also knew that we had you know, certain endpoints that had to be met. I think that helps some families for sure to get through it. I would definitely agree with you, Tricia. That was so true because when we work with our own clients now, they don't often have such a hard deadline as Marie coming on Tuesday to finish up their clothing section. I mean, it's really a different style to know you have a hard end date instead of with our clients who they have a a wish of wanting to finish within six months or three weeks or whatever, but it's not always as hard and fast as this. It's interesting. We really have to take into consideration that Given the diverse situations of each of these cast families, that they didn't all need the same degree of, of assistance. And some of them didn't really require any assistance at all. So I think that's also indicative of general population is that Netflix series brings up the idea and empowers people to do this independently. That, um, you know, we were there to help, you know, make this happen. But some of these people in the cast families really could have done a lot on their own as well. 
which is yeah, true of the general agree. population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, just as you were saying, I think that that does totally mirror some of our own experiences with our clients. You know, we have clients who want to have someone there working with them every step of the way. And then we have clients who actually, you know, do a lot in between sessions. In a lot of ways, it really did mirror what we do with our own clients. That's super cool. Yeah, I would agree. Mm -hmm. So I love how we're all chatting about this really important role, which is really important to us, the role of the Kanmari consultant in the process behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Could you share a little bit about that value and how you were able to impart that on the families that were involved in the show? You know, in thinking about our role as subject matter experts, we were really there not for the producers or for really KMI or Marie. We were there to work directly with the cast families. And I do believe the producers and the production crew that we were working with made that a point like we went straight in right to the people like we weren't really around you know hanging out with the film crew you know we weren't really uh sitting out you know and talking with kmi people we were really just going to the job and concentrating like we were just straight in you know working on the categories right jane like yes so true yeah we we were definitely there to support and guide them we weren't there with any other purpose and, and it wasn't set up for us to really be there for any other purpose, which I was really grateful for, you know, being on the set and you've got other people around and it gets to be very distracting. So, yeah, it was it was really great to be just focused on doing what we do uh, every day for our clients and presenting the method and helping guide. I feel like that really speaks to the fact that KMI and the production company really trusted us with guiding them you know, as subject matter experts, they weren't checking to make sure we were doing certain things. They were trusting us to work with the clients to get to that point. I think this is so great for, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners who are thinking about what it means to hire a consultant and having seen the show. I know that a lot of people thought, well, you know, Marie just, she just goes in and tells people what to do and then she leaves again. And of course, we all know that that's not how it works at all. So I think it's really great for our listeners to be able to hear the amount of dedication that you both and and really the whole production put into making sure that the families had support and that they were getting really the full experience, even if they didn't see it all on uh, on mm-hmm. the actual show. Yeah, Definitely. and I can yeah vouch for that in terms of you know all the other categories that uh, these families went through that did not make it into the actual episodes. They did happen and they did get to go through their processes. We just can't put it all on, you know, it's just too much, <laughs> too much content for that amount of time. What I'm hearing from fans of the Netflix series, the general reception is that the show really almost breaks the mold of reality TV as we know it in a way because of all of the care they took to make this experience as realistic as possible by including a day counter in the corner to count down the days that it was taking to execute Kanmari Tiding event or not over stylizing the end product. Because when you focus on the organizing, you need to take a breath before you start trying to make home changes beyond that. So did you notice some of those special touches? And do you know if that was the kind of a conscious decision of those behind the show? I think you're spot on with that. I do believe it was conscious, especially the idea that this is you know real. Our focus was not to make things pretty. We were never directed to say like make this a stylized shelf. You know, it was really just to get the all the belongings you know adroit checked and tidied up and 
no, no other commentary about how it should be done. As Jane was saying, you know, they really trusted us to do it as we would with, you know, just in, in a normal situation, not being filmed. I agree with you. I think that like when we're working with the kitchens and things like that, it was really important that it, in the end, as with when we work with any client, it was important that the families felt comfortable with how they were going to use the new kitchen once they had redone it. So things like that, it, you're always taking into consideration how people are going to use the end result. And that was important. Definitely. Now that you have the benefit of a little time and perspective, I'm assuming that you both watch the shows when they dropped on New Year's Day. Yes. Yay. Oh, I binged sure. it. Okay. I stayed up till like, I think I watched it till three in the morning because it started, you know, dropped here at midnight in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what was going on. So I was in Virginia at the time. <laughs> and I, as soon as it was 1201, I turned on my Netflix and it was very anticlimactic. I was like, wah, wah, it's not here. <laughs> so I took a little nap and then <laughs> decided to grab my mom to watch it later on, on the, that first day of the year. Yeah, that's exactly what happened here on the East Coast. It was like, I waited till midnight and then it's like, okay, where is it? Where is it? And then I realized that it was probably going to be California time. So, <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I, wait, I actually had a good night's sleep and watched it the next day, but I've watched it two entire times, though. So have so, I. <laughs> yeah. So then looking back, watching the show now, what have been some of the most memorable parts of the Netflix series for you? Yeah, for me, I'd have to say that... Margie's episode and like really her open heart and sort of her raw, like, you know, just honesty about what she's coming to terms with and the loss of her husband and, you know, going through the whole idea that his clothes were sort of stopping her from moving forward in the process. And you could see that when Marie was going through the books with her and, and that Margie couldn't really move on without, you know, addressing her husband's clothing. And just watching that sort of empowerment, because I believe Marky felt empowered really by Marie to say, you know, I need to ask you to go back to my husband's clothes and let me remove those. Typically going out of the order, if we were going to put those into a sentimental as the last category, just that whole feeling of being able to take into consideration a very you know, emotional and special circumstance and let Margie do it the way she needed to do it because she was clearly showing signs of readiness to move on her husband's clothing that had been there for quite a while, six to seven, eight months. That movement was pretty, I think, astounding and awesome and memorable. <laughs> for me, I would say the most memorable part as a viewer is were the special moments when Marie does her house blessing every time. Um, it's really changed how I do my own house blessing. Now, I used to do it aloud, but now I actually explain what I'm going to do to the client and I ask them to visualize their ideal lifestyle while I do it. And I do it silently now. I just thought that that was very special. Of course, when I do it, there's not the soundtrack in the background making people feel <laughs> all gushy, but um, I, it really did change how I do my practice. Thank you so much for sharing your favorite moments. And if you're looking for a full review of Netflix tidying up, you can head over to Spark Joy episode 67, review of Netflix tidying up with Marie Kondo. All right, ladies, before we let you go, there's no way that we're going to have two Kumari consultants on the show and not ask you both, what is your favorite tidying tip? <laughs> 
Oh, I always love this segment in your podcast. So it's really fun to be part of that and give my tidying tip. My favorite part of, of the KonMari process is everybody's maybe hardest part at times, but the sentimental, the last category, because I have a real interest in archiving and I like to help families build their own you know, family archive. I kind of came to this method after suffering a loss with my parents and archived, you know, their documents and all the important heirloom items that we wanted to keep. And so I use museum quality archival boxes. And my tidying tip is that when you go through your sentimental items, don't feel pressured to, you know, have to move things on if they really are still speaking to you and important for yourself and also for next generations. I feel that what you choose to keep should be kept well. And I call this the art of keeping. Um, I think family archives are really a glimpse into the past. They gave a vision for future generations. I like to think about this as putting context around just emotion and sentiment. So you're really intentionally keeping things well. So it's okay to hang on to things in the sentimental category, but my tidying tip is to keep them well. That's so interesting, Tricia, because my favorite tidying tip is similar. I like to reinforce to my clients as they're joy checking and choosing what sparks joy in their home, that keep with confidence is a real and valid choice. A lot of times people are afraid to approach this method because of their fear of letting go. And this intentional choosing is important. I think it really helps people to believe in their own choices and it makes it possible for them to continue making choices without us when we leave. Empowering them is really important. Great tips, ladies. I'm so glad that you both mentioned that concept because as we all know, and I don't think we can ever emphasize this enough, it's not just about the stuff that you're giving up, but it's about all the things that you intend to bring with you in the future. So I really appreciate what you both just said. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. And you probably know what's next. We'd love to hear what's sparking joy for you at this very moment in your lives. <laughs> I love this one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say, honestly, right now, it's this work. This is such an honor to be able to practice, you know, this wonderful method and share it with so many people. The work definitely sparks joy. And and on a real personal note, um, I love travel. And so travel is sparking joy for me right now. As an empty nester, I get to go. I just have to board my dog. That's it. And I'm free and easy to go. My house is tidied. And I always plan interesting trips, or I try to always plan interesting trips coming up. Something to look forward to. For me, what's sparking joy in my life right now is the reach of Marie's vision in this to tidy the world even further. We're really getting so much more visibility as consultants in the method, and I'm hoping that it will continue to spread through other people's lives. I love the texts and photos that we're getting from social media posts that come from friends, from family, strangers, old clients. It's all very validating. It's really sparking joy for me. Thank you both so much. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh, yeah. I actually have a few thoughts about um, how this Netflix series can spark joy for even more people in your life. Of course, you know, share it with those around you. It's a worldwide phenomenon, but there are a few people that still don't have Netflix, believe it or not, and let them know how to sign up and watch it and share it. Uh, And then if you've tidied your own area, you know, I think what happens a lot is that there's sometimes people in your household, it could be a husband, could be a child, could be a roommate who isn't always on board with 
the tidying train, I'll call it. (laughs) And um, I would just suggest that use the idea that empathy for others in your living environment goes a long way to, you know, kind of build trust and to let people see what you're getting from it. And if you've tidied your place and you have somebody in your circle who isn't as excited about it and you'd like them to be, help teach them by uh, letting them see what you've done and thereby empowering them to try it. Just encourage them to try to find their best life by thinking about what sparks joy for them. So I call it the three E's, empathy, empowerment, and encouragement. Thank you so much, Trisha and Jane, for sharing all of your behind the scenes wisdom at this very exciting time in the KonMari tidying up movement. We really enjoyed the reality of what went on on the show and how you helped the families that we've seen such a big transformation in and the whole world is now exposed to tidying. We're so excited to have been able to share with you guys and be on your podcast at last. Thanks so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you both, Trisha and Jane. To contact Trisha, you can find her at haywoodpark.com or on Instagram at haywoodparkcollective. And to find Jane, you can see her at sparkjoybayarea.com and she's on Instagram at sparkjoybayarea. Both Trisha and Jane have a special offer exclusively for our Spark Joy listeners in honor of the Tidying Up series. Trisha is offering 20% off her 20-hour package for residents of San Diego County. Visit haywoodpark.com and use the code NEWYEARNEWJOY. And Jane is also offering a special just for our Spark Joy listeners, 20% off of a 20-hour package as well, visit sparkjoybayarea.com and mention the code HEARTTRENDING. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. You can also join the discussion on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media, Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media, Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.